Hello, and welcome to Take Your Time, a Persona 5 Strikers in sort of real-time podcast where we're playing Persona 5 Strikers, not in real-time, but along with the game as we take our time to play through it because we love Persona 5 and we're talking about it and having a great time as I play through it for the first time, I being Jonathan Dornbush and the we being my co-host, Tom Marks. Tom, hello. That was, it's been a while. It's been a, that was nostalgic for me it's to hear you just go for like 30 seconds. Of, Happy of to that. do it. Again, had a little bit of coffee this morning right before the show, and so suddenly it's kicked in. It's decided to kick in just now, but like definitely half hour into the show, I'm going to get get snoozy. Um, Great. But hello, it's good to see you. It's good to see you too. I'm excited to talk about this uh, this jail. Me as well. We are going to be jumping into the uh, Sapporo jail, of course, uh, talking about the entirety of it. Uh, we are, as usual, going through up until essentially when you can hit the road to your next location is kind of where we are in this episode. Uh, Before we get into things, uh, we're going to be talking about figuring out exactly next week's episode uh, in between them. Uh, So we'll we'll obviously say at the beginning of next week's episode, the the following to this one, uh, what that episode will entail. So if you didn't play everything, you can know you can play a little bit through. And if you did play through more than that, you know where we'll be stopping. Um, But Tom and I, without spoiling it for me, we're discussing it before the show. And Tom, you're recommending that we're going to start a little bit into the beginning of the next location, Okinawa, but not... We haven't decided the exact stopping point just yet. Yeah, yeah, we're going to figure it out. But basically, like, there's probably like a 15 to 20 minutes worth of gameplay window that we will stop at in when you kind of arrive there um, and are able to save and do that stuff and wander around. I'm not entirely sure, but we're not going to get into like... We're not going to get into the meat of the, what's happening on the next one, so we'll we'll come back and let you know at the beginning of next episode, like, where we decided to cut off, basically. Cool. Uh, well, that sounds good to me, and my computer's continuing to bug out, weirdly. We were talking about this before uh, the record, so I'm going to pull up the run of show on my phone. Uh, oh, no. But, but while I do that, Tom, uh, we do, of course, have our housekeeping at the beginning of the show, so let's start off with our pop quiz question from last week. Corn. 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 As, as Tom. A, what? So just once a day, once or twice a day, I'd log on to Twitter <laughs> and there would just be another just random reply to me. No context. <laughs> just corn, boiled corn. Uh, just, you know, just there <laughs> once in a while. I'm going to so, probably be getting these for the rest of my life. I think that was. Uh, yeah, that was for those who don't know. Uh, Jonathan. uh just recently left IGN and as of recording this and was the host of podcast beyond the PlayStation podcast over there. And I conveniently was a guest this week and I didn't have anything to shout out at the end of the podcast. So I just told everybody and anybody to go tweet at him boiled corn with no context whatsoever. And it seems to be working. So that's great. And I'm happy about it. What's great about it to me is, like, I don't know if any of these people... Did you mention Take Your Time? Like, did they know the show? No. No? Okay, cool. I, so, I did not. <laughs> I was like, do, should, should I shout out all these people? But knowing that they might not even ever hear this show, I'm not going to for now. No offense to you, but thank you for doing this, because it has been a very funny joy to be like, oh, let me check what's going on today. Oh, there's another corn. Cool. Gotcha. If, if anybody needs hints about my D&D alignment, uh, I could have shouted out the show. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just told people to tweet him corn. Yep. Yeah. Tells you a lot about a person pretty instantly. 
Anyway, what's, uh, uh, let's remind people what the question was. I'll well, give the my funny, answer. The, then... the funny thing is we also did get a tweet. Uh, I, I got a tweet from Diego that, like, I didn't plan this, but also currently in the zeitgeist of when we recorded this is this whole, like, little boy auto-tuned singing, uh, singing about corn. It's got from the this juice. interview. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from, of course, auto-tuned by the, the amazing Shmoyoho who have done all those auto-tuned, uh, songs over the years like all anyway um every yeah, auto-tune so, ever yeah every auto-tune ever no like auto-tune the news and that sort of stuff so um this was a very like i was just excited to do a quiz about corn but it ended up being just a a, a gift that kept on giving it really is it does have the juice <laughs> it does anyway uh, so we question. got some responses um there were a couple people who got this right, but Jonathan, I want to throw it to you. The question was, what of which of these four corns can you not buy at the corn stand mm-hmm. uh, in Sapporo? The options were boiled corn, grilled corn, grilled raw corn, or wow, grilled corn. <laughs> yes, uh, and I didn't. I've seen the answers, but I don't know who's correct. I haven't. Yeah. you know, you haven't let on. Uh, and I didn't go back because I wanted to be able to come in fresh for this. Um, and so I think I'm, I've ended up going with the uh, raw corn choice. Grilled raw corn. Grilled raw corn, yes. Well, you, you got to specify because it's not raw corn. Sure, of course. No, it's grilled raw corn because that makes sense, Tom. Yeah. Um, listen, the game wouldn't put something in if it didn't make sense, yeah, right? That's fair. It's never Except, before. <laughs> so, uh, to, to, to free us from this, uh, grilled raw corn is correct. Good. But Good. also, it's kind of a trick question. Um, first of all, Kirsten on Spotify got this right. Elec on YouTube got it right. And John over on YouTube said, I think it's grilled raw corn, though, to be fair. Wow, grilled corn does sound amazing. It's true. Uh, you can, the answer to this question is, you can buy boiled corn grilled corn and wow with an exclamation point grilled corn mm-hmm. at the grilled or at the corn stand but if you also on like I think it's the second day you're in Sapporo Makoto will be standing outside of the corn stand and if you talk to Makoto she's like hey we got to get some corn and she gets you corn and it's grilled raw corn oh so i did grilled get raw that corn, from her yeah, so grilled raw corn is also an item you get, but you only get one of it and you can't buy it. And the description for grilled raw corn in your inventory, which does the exact same thing as grilled corn, I will point out, is given to you by Makoto. Aren't those antonyms? That is literally the description of the item. <laughs> Man, the localization team had some fun there. I assume that's also a joke in the original, but that is very funny. This is like, this is why I spent way too much time on corn because this whole thing is just remarkable. To that's incredible. That's all. It's so funny that the game recognizes that too, but it's in there as a joke. That's really good. Uh, uh. Anyway, we are free from this corny, corny mortal coil and we've moved on. Um, we never have to talk about corn again. We'll never be free, Tom. This is, you know what, you know what the, the, the biggest punchline of this whole thing is? You don't even eat corn. No, they're just not very good items. Oh, that's they're fair. fine. Yeah. They're just they heal a little bit. I didn't buy any of them. Yeah, <laughs> but you know we're never gonna escape corn. Corn is gonna be someone. Please out there, uh, anyone good at art, please make a corn persona for us. 
uh, and have its name be Grilled Raw Corn. Um, and yeah, create create that persona for us, please, because I'm not good at art. You know how there are some personas that like kind of like level up. There's like very clearly like a progression of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. That's like Grilled Corn, Raw Grilled Grilled Raw Corn, Wow Grilled Corn. Yeah, that's got to be the the Pokemon evolution of these personas. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, thank you to everyone who guessed on that one. Thank you to everyone who continues to comment toward me. I really genuinely hope this never ends because it will just be so funny. 10 years from now to be getting corn on Twitter. You know, like I, Twitter's going to be around in 10 years. Who knows? Uh, anyway, we also got some comments this week, uh, both on youtube.com slash Dornology, where you can uh, tune into the YouTube versions uh, and leave comments and as well an email at Dornology at gmail.com. Uh, comments wise from YouTube, I'm going to read from Mitch, who said you guys should get a guest host for the finale of season two uh, from the Japanese tourism board to tell us about <laughs> how great tourism is in Japan. Um, and that does really feel like the end game of this game in particular. Yeah. Um, I will say there is a moment in, in this week's episode we'll talk about that. Who boy, does that tourism board kick in? Uh, oh, anyway, excited. uh, Elec, of course, freaking commenter also said, uh, I think the ingredient that I was referring to, uh, last week was rice, uh, which it was the, the ingredient I couldn't find because I'm pretty sure I looked everywhere to buy some and couldn't find it. But now I know you can get it in Sophia's shop. Uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, also, we certainly need a Game of Thrones or Rings of Power uh, type map for all of us who aren't from Japan or super familiar with Japan geography um, to get a sense of where we are. And that's fair because I do think we've noticed in the comments a, a week or two ago, people were confused about like how, why did we pass Hokkaido when actually we're in Hokkaido and it's just like yeah. Sapporo is the capital. Definitely, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that at the end of this episode too, as we talk about where they're heading next. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely a, like, if you don't know Japanese geography, which granted I do not, uh, it can seem immediately confusing. Uh, but yeah. I say that, and then sometimes I'm confused about where states are in the, you know, north and south, like, axes of the United States. So, sure. even if I lived there, it'd probably be confusing. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Amy wrote in to Dornology at gmail.com, like you can, with the subject line, corn. Thanks, Amy. Uh, Thanks for bringing us back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Amy, of course, <laughs> said that uh, it's it's not about corn, uh, but just it was too good of an, of an opportunity to not write in that way. Anyway, I need to go over to the email on my screen because my computer's being funny. Anyway, Amy Roden said, hey, Jonathan, Tom, just wanted to send a quick message to express my appreciation for taking your time. I actually had the idea of playing through P5R in real time a few months ago after finishing the game myself for the first time and found the podcast after doing a quick Google search to see if anyone else had already done which means the SEO is working. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> after playing catch-up over the past month or two with all of the Royal episodes, my God, uh, and now moving into Strikers, it's been so much fun hearing your thoughts and discussions every episode, so thank you both for creating such a fun show. Royal's third semester is pretty hard to top for me personally, but some of the story beats in Strikers are also amazing, so I can't wait to hear how it goes for you both. All the best from Ireland, Amy. Uh, and yeah, just want to say thank you again, as we've said I think more so on the Royal podcast because it hasn't come up as much here, but obviously we hope these shows can be experienced at any point, not even just when they're going on. So hopefully if you're enjoying the show uh, as it's going on, we're so happy you're here along with us. But if you're enjoying it uh, way after the fact too, we hope the show can work that way. So glad to hear it. Um, yeah. yeah. With that said, it's time to jump in to this week's jail, uh, Hyoto's jail, August 10th through 13th, I think we're technically covering this week. Uh, and we've got a bit to talk about. Of course, a bit not really being the jail itself, 
because the jails are very much the jails, but there's some stuff in there to talk about. Um, yeah. And this one, this one, at least I think it was, <laughs> this one made how generic the last one was pretty clear, right? Yeah. Like, cause there, there were like more unique sort of things going on with like the snowboarding, which we can get to and, and that the ice and all that jazz. The so, heaters yeah. And, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I gotta say like, it is very, I would say one of the biggest knocks you can make against this game is, is the sort of formulaic nature of the, the jail so far yeah. and how similar they are. Obviously, you know, the palaces were similar in the sense of what you were doing at the, the end result was structurally the same, but they had a lot of differences in them that kept the variety up and obviously them just being different uh, layouts. But here, even the layouts don't feel as important to me in the way the palaces did, I think, because they're larger areas and, and it's more about just getting through them. Often. Yeah. It, it, the other thing that is partially kind of like why they feel a little bit more, what's the right word, like sterile, mm-hmm. is the palaces felt like, and this is something actually that we will get into later in this episode, uh, the palaces felt like extensions of the ruler's psyche in a very real way like it was their distortion was creating this world and therefore you could learn a lot about the ruler based off of oh wow you know Madarame turned people into paintings because that's how he sees them right or like you know stuff like that yeah whereas the or or what was it oh god um how am I blanking on his name the politician the main bad guy (laughs) oh Oh my god, yeah, no, wow, thanks, now I'm blanking too. Why is uh, it happening? Brains are the worst. Uh, Cheeto, thank you. Um, I really thought you said Cheeto for a second. I'm like, <laughs> that's not right. Like, the idea that Cheeto has sections in his palace where, like, literally he just sees people as rats, right? Yeah. Is, like, that's very informs who the character is. And this game, which, partly we'll for learn. reasons we will talk about later with Morgana, yeah. uh, does not have that as much. Yeah. Where you still get some stuff, right? Like, Hyodo, the world is icy because she's cold and closed off or whatever. But, like, it you don't really get as much personality about the ruler in the actual environment in the way that you did in Persona 5 Royal. And that does make them feel, you know, just a little bit more sterile than they would otherwise. I do also think, to a certain extent, and again, they're, they're different games, so it, it, it's uh, not comparing exactly, but it's hard not sure. to just when they are, you know connected in this way but because of the way five or royal lets you play out even if you do the the palace in one go um you're still playing into a given ruler story over you know 10 to 12 hours of a game and with so many interstitial little things popping up it made each kind of mini story feel a little bit more meaty whereas this is very much for me it is like the little bit at the beginning go through the jail a little bit at the end, move on to the next thing. And again, like I'm, I'm enjoying parts of it. I'm not like disliking it, but I think totally. the formula, it shows through a bit more here. Yeah. Um, and it gives, gives us less to talk about in terms of absolute specifics, right? For each jail. Exactly. Um, so we can get into this jail, which is of course, Hyoto's jail. Uh, as we mentioned at the end of last week, it's ice themed. It's, it's a, a wintry ice palace with a couple hints at the beginning, we'll talk about it at the end, but there is a slight hint toward a food theme that pops up at the very end. You can see yeah. a couple uh, 
utensils sticking out of like the main palace. But other than that, you sort of just get the hint that this is a ice themed world. It's it's cool. It's chilly. It's all that sort of thing. Um, Obviously, we're, as we know, going into this, we're attached to sort of a personal Haru story here, um, which you assume then psychic damage would be pretty good to bring along the way. Um, I will I will talk about my team makeup in a little bit because I, I did actually pretty much like half and half this jail. Oh, interesting. Um, anyway, as we get into the jail, it is still the familiar sort of going to the three keeps, getting three cores. Uh, but the way we're getting around this area is a little bit different because essentially we are funneled to specific points to get to those uh, cores because there are giant ice walls blocking our, our passage. Yeah. Um, Which... To be fair to what I just said, is a metaphor, right, for her putting up literal walls, right? Uh, yeah. So there's there is there is not none of that. <laughs> no, totally. It, but it's something that I think you you get so much of more of it in retrospect that even you just saying that now I didn't really think about because by the time we really get into the idea of her putting up walls, that happens at the very <laughs> end of the the jail. Right. And so like I'm way past the the ice walls being a part of my flow. Sure. But anyway, you're you're getting through uh, these ice walls and, and seemingly having to go the way that you have to. It, of course, gets you to the cores that you need to, but along the way lets you hit certain different mini-bosses, uh, introduces a couple different puzzle things. Um, I'm trying to look at the, the first area. It's basically just the ice walls, and you get the sense of those ice blocks that you can move around uh, right. that both play into puzzle platforming as well as uh, combat. You can use those to hit enemies. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like like sliding them is like a little bit clunky because you have yeah. to like hide on a side and then hit them. But also, it is a very well utilized mechanic. It shows up in a lot of different combats. It does, like you said, you can use it to. You occasionally have to use it to like hop higher or like push something, you know, to to climb up to another thing. Like, so I, I think in terms of, it's a simple mechanic, but it's one that they actually make pretty good use of multiple times throughout the jail, which is cool to see. Agreed. Yeah. It's something that feels more intrinsic in a way that I guess like the invisible platforms didn't in Natsume's. Right. And even then at the end of the day, any sort of like invisible platform where you just have to hit your button is less a puzzle and more so just a like, Oh, you forgot the first time. So here's (laughs) a thing to remind you. But yeah, Yeah. I, I agree. They're used pretty well. There's one larger puzzle with them toward the end of it. Uh, that you're needing to get through. And then there's also a uh, uh, treasure chest you can pick up on the side. The only thing I'll yeah. say about that one, my like biggest critique was like, I wish there were more of these puzzles because that one is so easy. It feels like the initial puzzle, but it's like almost the last one. Yeah, it's it's very funny that they put in this literal overhead camera view of this sliding block puzzle. And you're like, oh, cool, new mechanic. And then they just never use it again. Like that should have been probably in each prison keep. And then it gets progressively more difficult as you go. Right. And I think but that But then where would the snowboarding go? Indeed. Well, before we get to the snowboarding, we do get two heaters. Yeah. Um, we pick up the, the first core and then um, a storm hits. Yeah, this, this palace or this jail does shake up the formula a little bit in that there aren't like... The previous two jails kind of had like a main warden or like a guard usually, like a keep guard who would... You would have to sort of like be like a mini boss or whatever this one doesn't have that as much um the the main fights are sort of like group fights and even in this first one right it just lets you walk right in and pick the thing up and then walk out um and the 
then this blizzard hits, which makes it difficult to see unless you use Phantom Eye, basically. <laughs> yeah, or, the, like, I used basically a combo of that and just looked at the minimap to see my my relative yeah. location. And it's, yeah, it's it's not really obtrusive. It's just more of an effect sort of thing. Yeah, and it's um, thematic and fun that you're, exactly. you know, fighting off this blizzard, turning on these heaters. Yeah, no, totally. It works in that way. And then as you, you keep going, we'll, we'll have these, uh, the heaters and the storms pop up again. But anyway, we, we turn this first heater on, and when we go back to the main area to keep moving, we find an ice wall is gone, so Morgana suspects, of course, the heater's power is, is melting these walls to help us progress a little bit. Um, sure. So what, what my favorite part here, though, about this was, like, um, Makoto, I think I got this word for word, Makoto says, remember, we're in the metaverse. Some things we just have to accept and move on. <laughs> uh, and I like that the thing they're ex- accepting is that heater's melted ice. <laughs> yeah but you know well, to it, be fair it's heaters like a mile away oh sure yeah uh it's just it, it was just a very funny line that is so i think epitomizes persona to a certain extent with this game it does yeah uh anyway as you said we get to another area and it's snowy and we have to snowboard yeah which i was surprised yeah. about this area has two kind of defining factors which are this the first snowboarding section the first of two uh and just tons of mothmen so and many oh mothmen being weak to gun and therefore push over easy the entire time especially if you have uh yusuke or on because they have like 60 bullets and they're yeah. rapid fire um or haru haru's area of effect one yeah well haru so haru if you get to i think it's her third like one of those i can't remember the name of them those skills that show up if you play them enough yeah 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 yeah, the master arts thank you um her third one i think it is is that you never run out of ammo like haru never runs out of ammo if you just hold down triangle um so i did not get that one yet (laughs) Yeah, so wow. if you get that one, you just hold down triangle and just, like, plow through waves and waves of Mothman and never run out of ammo. That is amazing. Yeah. Um. Well, so anyway, yeah, the, the Mothman are, are pretty easy to get through unless you run out of bullets during a given battle and you happen to have not cleared them out, then it can be a little annoying just because there's no other uh, weakness there. But yeah. yeah, there's that. And then, of course, the snowboarding, which... Sort of like the ice puzzles is pretty simple. Essentially, you're just going down the mountains and wanting to barrel into all the guys. Um, the first couple times it happened, I was able to, I think, kill them all as I went. Uh, There's like a final yeah. snowboard where I didn't. And I was like, no, come on. I'm snowboarding, man. Let it be cool. But uh, yeah, again, it's just like a, it adds a little variety. It also, I think, helps them build levels in a different way. Because if you yeah, had to... Yeah, you get some verticality. Exactly. If you had to walk all that way, it would be pretty boring so right yeah i think it, it, it adds to it even if it's a very simple thing again it's neat <laughs> um so anyway we i know we're kind of blowing through it but that's just kind of the nature with the with this jail um yeah and then it after, does feel like a shorter jail to be it honest it did it really did feel pretty quick everything's pretty compact uh the pads uh, that first keep is pretty long where you have to go around the whole outside perimeter and do the do the heaters but the yeah. third keep especially is basically just like you hop up that ice wall automatically, you snowboard down that hill, and then you're just done. Yeah. Like, it's it's nothing beyond that. And they even very smartly, I think this is very, very 
heads up of them, put a checkpoint at the top of the hill and the bottom of the hill, yeah. so that if you miss those items, you can just immediately checkpoint checkpoint back to the top of the hill and keep go down again. Exactly. No, yeah, that um, you're right. That first one with the heaters, I think, felt like the biggest chunk of the jail, especially I. Because this is just the way I work. I'm like, okay, I know where I need to go because I know how the keeps work. So I'm going to go around the entire area first, take out all the men. And I was like, what yeah. are these big heaters doing here? That's weird. Uh, and then I knew where all of them were. So I didn't even need the, like, it tells you where to go. I didn't even need that because I was like, I've seen yeah. this all. It's fine. That's very funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, you get the third keep. And then after that, um, you see sort of this army of Jack Frost going by under Hiro's control. And they're... Um, they're doing, <clears throat> excuse me, cleanup. Yeah. Uh, they're they're doing a big cleanup patrol, basically. The he horde, as Futaba calls them, the he horde from hell. Yep. And there's Fitting a very name. good there's a very good bit of everyone yelling he ho real loud. <laughs> Who does it get to? It like bothers one of them. I think Makoto literally says, "Wait, there's a line." Uh, God, Makoto says it. It's. I know I wrote this down. Well, where'd it go? <laughs> well, you search for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there it is. There yeah. it is. Literally, everyone starts saying Hio, and then Mokoto just goes, all right, good bit. Let's go. Like, she yep. literally says good bit. <laughs> like, There's been one or two times where. That's what it was. They're like, okay, the joke is over. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. This game, I think, is very, like, um, the the translation or the localization or whatever it is, or maybe it's just the writing, I don't know, is very, like, uh, self-aware in a way. that the, the oh, first yeah. game, Not that the first game wasn't, but, like, it kind of knows what Persona fans want or yeah. expect a little bit more. For sure. Uh, but so anyway, we see that horde, and then we, we bounce out. That little joke about the, the he horde happening uh, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we leave, uh, and we're going to the van, but we see Hiodo in the park nearby uh, in the real world. Uh, yes. Again, shouting Convenient. at an employee. Yeah, very conveniently. Uh, shouting at an employee who is uh, sick, who is very clearly sick and coughing up. Uh, so we actually go it to step in sometime, and she uh, she says she's not being horrible, that it's necessary to keep the city functioning. Uh, the staff sort of works as cleanup um, to both keep them in line and to help promote like public safety. Uh, but as, as I kind of was noting during this the veneer of her being kind that she was to them. Like she kind of turned away from that employee the last time and was very polite to them the whole time she was with them. This time she just leans into it. Like she is yeah. still very angry and, and Haru confronts her about it. Um, yeah. And she, she literally has the quote, everyone working for Sapporo city hall is a worthless piece of garbage. Yep. Which is just, like, a wild thing to say out loud. Yeah. Let alone to kids when you're the mayor. It's really interesting, and obviously you can tell something is getting to her as we learn, but she, like, has no filter here. There is no sort of the, as we saw before, the nice part of her that, like, that first scene made you question how much of that was real versus how much of it was an act versus now seeing, or, you know, versus corruption. Uh, Here, she is pretty much rude the entire time through. Yeah. Um, and Haru confronts her about it. Hiyota says she basically can't stop going for her sake, mentions a mysterious her, who, of course, we'll learn about later. Um, mm-hmm. sort of applies, you know, things aren't great. And that's kind of the end of that day. Unless yeah. Unless I'm forgetting anything. No, yeah, that's basically it. They kind of put the, the 
the metaphor of the palace into more precise words right when Paruk says she's become so cold she used to be so warm oh it's yes. frozen palace right and then also yeah. there's the snow city and all that stuff yeah and we'll but get like in, yeah we'll get into mixed metaphors in a second because there's yeah. then a second metaphor that comes in that it didn't need yeah we can talk about that um, overall though i i yes. will say i i enjoy this jail i think yeah. i like we were kind of being you know like harsh of jails on jails generally but like i i do think that this jail is better than or at least more interesting than uh ongos like the snowboarding stuff is pretty thin but like the theme is cool right like i enjoy it i think there's some a hey, pretty cool i think there's some there's some fun hard fights i think it makes yeah. you uh shake up your team a decent amount right for like uh th- we're getting to the point where the the weaknesses of enemies are starting to get a little more narrowed mm-hmm. uh and so you kind of have to be prepared a little bit more or be willing to swap up a little bit more um yeah i i, I think it is a fun jail for sure no me too i think my initial you know stuff we were talking at the beginning i wanted to get through the jail before saying anymore it's weird i yeah i spent like the first 10 minutes being like i'm kind of like the jail repetitiveness is getting to me a little bit but weirdly i did enjoy this jail more and yeah i'm trying to put my finger on exactly why but i think it's a mixture of one it's not a particularly long jail which is not like the best thing to say but like it it doesn't overstay its welcome um i do think the pace of it and the way that it funnels you through is more interesting and yeah the like more light use of puzzles that Natsume's Jail just really didn't have. Yeah, um, and I don't know if you noticed this, if you, how often you left the jail. Um, only but, like once or twice. So the other thing that kind of happens in the middle of all of this is that you now get requests, or at least in this case, every time you beat a prison keep, you could leave and get more requests. Oh, okay, because that brings up my complaint about August 11th, when I woke up to 11 requests, (laughs) and was like, what the hell game? I'm in the middle of a jail. Why is this happening? So I, I, my pace was kind of every time I finished a prison keep, and I got back to that central checkpoint in that main plaza, I would bail, and I would, you know, just go shop and, you know, do whatever. Yeah. And every time I left, I had like three to five more requests mm-hmm. um which was convenient to get them in the middle of the jail because then they were to go kill things in the jail largely mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it wasn't really an issue i wish i knew that i'll know that for next time but yeah i just <laughs> didn't i don't think then i must have not left until the second part of the jail like until this coming bit because sure. i didn't get any extra requests until the next day so I must have not left once. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we can talk about the request stuff in a second. To your point about the weaknesses as well, I, I want to say, because I mentioned it earlier, for this first day, I largely used on Morgana and Sophia. Okay. Um, because there was, well, there were more weaknesses later on and there was some side damage you needed, but they were less frequent in the first part of the jail. Um, yeah. And so fire, yeah. wind, and bless actually helped me a lot more than anything else. Yeah, because, yeah, I think that's a good mix. I think I did on Morgana Haru for the okay. most of it. Yeah. And then I started switching in Makoto towards the end and some Sophia towards the end. Yeah. My my next section, I used Haru, Makoto, and then Ryuji, Ryoji, with a little bit of uh, Yusuke just to get him leveled up because he was... Hmm. He was really falling down the list. Uh, yeah, since... well, Ice Guy and the Ice Jail. 
not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like bringing a water Pokemon to a water gym. Um, but yeah, so anyway, August 11th happened. I woke up to 11 requests, so I spent the very beginning. Uh, it wasn't that bad. I'll say it felt very overwhelming. Uh, but if I consider two of those were like Persona present Velvet Room requests, and then the rest... Yeah. were relatively easy. Like one of them required you to hit 50 of them with a weakness, which was whatever, but pretty simple. Yeah. Um, and there I, were the slimes, I think, in the Sendai jail. So it was like you get, you fight a lot of those at once. Exactly. Yeah. So it took like three fights maybe at most. And then in this jail, you could usually knock out two in one location. So I really only had to go to like two or three spots max and was able to get everything. Right. So it wasn't bad. And like you said, it's really good to keep up with these requests because they do open more stuff for the shop. They open, you know, yeah. more of your uh, bond uh, limits and things like that. Yeah, you start unlocking the bond skills. I don't know how you've been, where you've been spending your bond skill money. Uh, I'm now at the point where I have three of them maxed by the end of this play session, I think. Oh, wow. I just have one. Because <laughs> I've been, I was saving up for a couple of them. So I have the one that is sales in Sophia's shop is maxed uh amount of healing that items do is maxed and then uh oh yeah the the futaba support one where at the end of a fight she gives you hp and sp every time is just like a really good way to be like well this person's low on sp so i just like won't use their abilities for a bit and then they'll yeah. be full in a few fights it's like pretty valuable I really need to update that one. I think I'm like a couple in, but yeah, I, I could. It's super it. expensive. Yeah. I, I was sort of spending across the board just to kind of get things moving and see what sure. I was liking. But yeah, that one is very much a, oh, this, you need to at least do this a couple of times. It's so good. Yeah. Even just once is it kind of night and day in terms of how much it can help. Exactly. Especially for big ongoing long fights. Yeah. Uh, anyway. We get into uh, the August 11th side of things uh, and we start to get, you know, this is when you can walk up the jail uh, big. Uh... Oh, wait, there was one other thing, though. Oh, did yes. you do the request? The king of all ramen? Oh, requests? yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a more story based request, which I liked. I was happy this was here. Uh, there is a request line that becomes two requests, actually. Um, of... Yeah. Ryuji wanting to get really delicious ramen. Yeah, and it being, like, super limited edition, so you gotta go help a guy, but then, or, like, you gotta go get meal tickets from a dude, but then the meal tickets are being hoarded because the chef has an elbow problem, and so then you go into the metaverse to, like, kill some dudes to get materials to help his elbow. It's, like, it's just such an elaborate, weird thing, but I really, like, I enjoy it a lot because it is... It's a mix of you get story stuff, you get moments with friends, you get to go in and do a fight that then tangibly gets you a thing. And, it, you know, it's all just extra. You don't have to do any of it. But it is it is a much more interesting request than go kill three principality with their weakness, right? Exactly. And, and I'm sure, again, not knowing, I'm sure we'll see at least one or two others like it just because it seems like such a, a good idea. I'm sure it's not used here and then nowhere else. Even yeah. if it were, though... It does really make me feel th there's other games like this too, where you get the side stuff and you see the like really cool version of what they could be doing. And you wish <laughs> that were everything. And like, I know obviously things, you know, 
uh, limitations of time and budget and manpower and all those things can can affect uh, elements like that. But you see a great quest line like this on the side, and you're like, oh, why can't more of the requests be like that? Like, I wish it was yeah. two or three per jail already had been like that. And it would it would make that experience, I think, feel so much richer. Um, yeah. I think it's sort of the same thing that you see very different games, but you see this as, like, the evolution of <clears throat> Spider-Man 2018 to Miles Morales. Mm where side stuff mattered a bit more but you even in 2018 obviously like people would get sick of the crimes a lot but you you get a a few cool requests that are like go through you know figuring out a photo location in new york and you have to remember a little bit about the locations and you're learning a little bit about students at, at peter's old school and it's like oh this like builds on the world like things that build on the world or characters are always more fulfilling to me but yeah it's hard to make a lot of those things and make them satisfying. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we get back in. We start to get through things. The first real note out of this part of the jail that I have is, like, a tough fight between two big enemies. Um, that yeah, that's there. that's the, the like, last thing before the, the thing. Yeah, everything the else. The thing like, before the thing, sorry. The thing, the thing before the thing where we talk about the thing. Like, before the birdcage. Really, <laughs> uh, there's not really anything else major, I think, before it that stuck out to me. No, it's just kind of a cool icy version of Ango's castle, sort of, and you fight some dudes and it's they're fun fights and you proceed your way through. Fun yeah. fact for anybody who uh is a Super Nintendo fan, uh, or wants to to see if I'm crazy, uh go look up the Yoshi's Island Castle like mansion theme song. Cause it's the exact same music. Interesting. do you think like intended homage? No. Okay. I think lawsuit worthy, but also it's not literally that close, but sure. it is literally that close. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. It's a, is it, it's like a vanilla ice queen sort of situation. Yeah. Kinda. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Years from now, we're going to read about how Tom started a lawsuit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I will say I do like the music. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, I am it's a really, good th- song. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, especially the ice theme. It's very silly. It's, it's probably my least favorite world in this other game, but it really evokes uh, Kingdom Hearts 3's Frozen World because you go through a really mm. big ice palace. The music is somewhat similar to a certain extent. Like, it, it, obviously, you know, locales and types of locales bring out, I think, similarities in, in art ideas. Um, so it's not crazy that ice would feel evocative of the same ways, but I'm... It's making me enjoy it a little bit more weirdly, even though I didn't love that level, but just having that connection in the back of my head. Yeah. Um, anyway, we got to this tough fight. I actually found this fight pretty hard. I did want to just point it out just because basically you're dealing with two pretty large mini bosses, which I think this is the first time they've put two together who have yeah. completely different weaknesses. And so going too long on one, you're leaving the other uh, completely full health. Like you kind of, maybe want to pick them apart isolated or try to do damage a little bit to both along the way, but knowing a, da- a weakness will only affect one. I liked yeah. what it forced me to do in this battle. Th- me too. This is another example though, or a good example of a problem I struggled with when I played this game the first time, at least, which is if you go into a fight yes. like this and don't have the right people in your party, yeah, it feels bad right because then joker is relied on to do like the only weakness using like abilities and suddenly you're out of sp and you're just pumping sp items into him it it can feel really rough to just be like oh well i just didn't have 
in this case, it was you needed m- m- what was it? It Haru? was uh, Nuke and Sai, I believe. So yeah, you needed Haru yeah. and Makoto. Yeah, and yeah. so like if you just didn't have one of those people in your party or those people in your party, it was just like, well, this is a lot harder than it needs to be. No, I agree, and that's been a thing throughout the game. Yeah, sure. but. I think even either way in this case, I do think it was a fun, challenging fight to try to, like you said, to try to have to navigate this this thing that you haven't really been presented with in this game yet. Yeah, it's. It, I'm totally with you there. It was like, by happenstance, my party for this grouping was Haru, Makoto, and Ryuji for this next nice. leg of it. So yeah. I, it worked out perfectly for me. But yeah, it was one of those, had it not, boy, would I have just been feeling what I felt when I first played the original jail where it's like, well, I didn't bring anyone in. I needed. And your, your best bet honestly is to just die and go back to the last checkpoint. I, um, I had one of them in my party, so I was able to just kind of whittle them down, but yeah, which is good. It is, it is not a very good feeling when literally the best solution is just let the enemy kill you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Uh, so anyway, we go through that fight, uh, and we get to, of course, the, the birdcage and, and hear our, uh, moment of, of trauma. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just a very <laughs> weird thing to be like, time for that weekly moment of trauma brought to you by Persona 5 Strikers. <laughs> uh, and we get a flashback related to, uh, the ice sculpture catastrophe that we've heard about before. And the, the little girl who died, uh, Kaho, uh, I believe her name is, um, who, of course, we unfortunately learned that the sculpture killed. Um, we hear two people talking about it, and someone wants to blame the mayor so that he can get a kickback. And obviously, it sounds like there is some sort of bit of corruption happening here. And yeah, it's it's a little bit like you don't get the full story until you actually get to the trauma the trauma cell or whatever. But yeah. um, this is them saying, "Hey, remember that random moment that we showed you?" a while like hours ago where the woman was mourning the, the grave spot yeah that's relevant now and yeah. you're like okay cool thanks yeah it, it sets that up and and starts to plant the kernel of the idea that obviously will become really important here that hiodo is not necessarily an awful person sure because she feels really bad in yeah. this memory um and we'll yeah we get the full memory and we can talk about all that stuff there but it starts to blame the idea of like oh okay so maybe she's there a reason she's acting this way anyway right um we go out into the real world um and sort of get the sense that uh she we we learn a little bit more about the uh event itself uh and that it she wasn't blamed herself uh publicly because it was seen as an unforeseeable catastrophe that she couldn't have planned for uh, but it still sounds like the mother of the girl blamed her uh, is right. kind of what we learned there. Uh, anyway, I did some extra requests here. I had a few left over, so I did those. Nice. Um, then you go to the accident site uh, and, of course, jump in for the, the big trauma cell fight, um, which, again, like the other ones uh, with, with the other, what are they called again? Wardens? I the actual name of the like thing on their boss bar like health bar is lock keeper there but I go. think they call them wardens yes yeah yeah uh this one has with him four basically like riot shields yeah that do they do anything do they actually prevent attacks uh when he when so I believe when the the boss is putting them in front of them it is like they're more defended 
they also can put them around them, and that lets them cast the defense up ability. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't think that they are functionally, like, you know, actual walls necessarily. Sure. I wasn't sure if it, like, maybe blocked physical attacks, and I was just using physical so little that I didn't notice, but... Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's that specific. Okay, yeah. The for me again, this is one of those fights that we've been through a lot of these before. I think with him, the biggest uh, addition that was a challenge for me was when he would put all four shields down in a row and kind of ram at yeah. you. If you're you can't get out of the way, you're done. Like it knocks the hell out of you. Yeah. It this fight. So uh, once again, it is disappointing that this is the same visual creature again. But the four shields plays very differently from the four swords person that was before it, right? Which was super, super fast. This one just basically sits there and lets you hit it for 12 hours. It has so much life. (laughs) Again, yeah, the, the bullet sponginess of these guys in particular is not great. Yeah, but it's a it's an interesting fight. There are a lot of moments where you can kind of like see that it's using that um that defense all ability and try to interrupt it with sigh or bless or whatever to like break it out of that before it can get the ability off there. So there's a lot of, there are fun little strategic moments like that in this fight for sure. It just like lasts too long again. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we do that fight and then we get to see a little bit more of this thing and that we see. Well, I think, I think that happened. I think that happens before. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so we see the the, full thing. Sorry. I, yeah. Oh, okay. My apologies, because I, no uh, yeah, I forgot to write down where the boss was in this, so I just assumed that was there. Anyway, yeah, you get to see their whole deal, and then you watch them, and then you fight a boss. Forgive me. For some reason, I thought it happened after that we got the big reveal. Um, well, we've only been doing this for you know a year and a half. Yeah, it is worth then, I guess, pointing out the full extent of the conversation just to basically get into like. The the two businessmen, one of them is a little bit more cowering and, and cowardly. The yep. other is talking about getting the mayor to resign so he can be the new mayor. Uh, she appears and discovers that plan. And the guy admits to hiring cheap labor that essentially accidentally caused the incident. Um, this guy says he'll blame her publicly unless she goes along with it. So basically blackmailing him or her, excuse me. Uh, she pleads with him to do the right thing. But what's right for him is the right thing to do in his mind. Um, yeah. So basically we see a fuller extent of uh, she is not been necessarily this obviously callous person. She wanted to do the right things and seems to have been put in a place where she let blackmail get to her. Obviously there are then discussions that come up in just a little bit about uh, the nature of that. So let me just mention the the next main beat is them talking about sending in the calling card and debating about how she's not really a a bad person they kind of debate who is at fault here yeah uh, haru talks about we, how it's the other guy yusuke says why not the contractors who did the bad work and yeah we we also get uh, an answer to a question we had last week in this trauma memory which is we were both like how can a snow sculpture kill a person and we kind of see the crumbled snow sculpture and it is like the size of a building <laughs> yes yeah it is a massive thing so this was like an avalanche of snow that killed a child. It's exactly. not just like, like I was picturing like, 
you know, David-sized human sculpture. This is, like, this this is a lot of snow. Oh, yeah, I was at most, like, it was sort of, like, a table giant, like, centerpiece at a a party to me. I was not picturing that. So, yeah, it it obviously explains that a little bit more. But, yeah, so they're all debating who really is at fault here, which I think, again, plays into a thing that we've been talking about a little bit of essentially really getting into the idea of who is bad and what is bad for these people. Um, So Zinkichi appears, of course, to help uh, the argument along and and kind of talks about uh, why do we get to decide who's bad? Like, who, Mm -hmm. how are we the ones to make that uh, argument? Because things aren't so black and white like that. Uh, He also gets upset, of course, that we didn't actually contact him to begin with here. So we fill him in on everything. He basically just tells us he thinks we're naive. Um, he, yeah. he's like, yes, Hyoto was sort of cornered. Um, and you know, we talk about how it isn't wrong that she was affected by blackmail and all these things. And he says, but she's a leader. And at the end of the day, the accident still falls on her and she needs to take responsibility for it. Right. Um, and, and that a real leader would take the fall here. Uh, and says that essentially the longer we keep the hero charade up, uh, it's going to bite us in the ass. And we get the sense that like, he also kind of like stops himself from saying a few things here. And you sort of get the sense that I, I think Zenkichi is starting to care about these kids in a way that his job didn't want him to do is what I get from it. Obviously he's getting too close. He is. He's really fallen for him in, in a way he shouldn't. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, he also is just like sad. They forgot about him. Yep. That's right? a really like, big moment. Yeah. Like he's not just like it's not just like God. You're supposed to keep me informed. He's like, what? How? But why didn't you? What? What's got? What's got? What about me? Like he's yeah. so cute. It's really really funny. And so, um, yeah, they kind of talk about things, and Makoto agrees things aren't so neat, but like they can't just stop fighting. And I do think this yeah. conversation for me was just like really important as as putting the, taking the subtext of the last through few jails and making it text of like. Hey, these aren't bad people inherently. There are things that are creating badness, and obviously that the kernels of that badness are then being exacerbated or abused in a way that is is uh, snowballing, for lack of a better pun here, for this jail hey. into into something far worse than what those people were. Um, and we we have some discussions that happen later with it, but I think it's really important to me of like especially here you can see i think all the sides of the argument of maybe hiyoto should take the fall but also you could very much understand why someone who just wants to do good thinks playing along to those horrible people at least in this sense and not causing too much issue might help like because i think she wants to stay in power so she continues to do things uh that she thinks will help yeah it's it is it is markedly noticeably different than Shido, right? Yes. Where Shido was very much like, I want to make Japan amazing by being the best, yeah. right? Like it was very him focused. Yeah. Whereas Hyodo is doing bad things, but seems to genuinely be doing them for good reasons or not good reasons but like good motivations yeah like her she's abusing employees because she literally saw an employee cut a corner that killed a person and feels that guilt and so she's saying she's taking it too far by saying i all of my staff members are idiots and if i let any of them get out of line again somebody could die right and it's uh, it's a hundred percent not like condoning what she's doing but it is 
motivated from a place that is not just self-serving entirely. She's not, yeah, you're 100% right, because she, she's not <clears throat> she's not treating her employees horribly, in in this case, obviously, to go on a weird power trip. like to make Yeah, she doesn't get like, off on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, I think right now you could argue maybe a little bit of her does by the sure. distorted, <clears throat> excuse me, version of her. But, yeah. It's, uh... It's not like Alice, though, who is, like, literally enjoys stepping on dudes. Exactly, yeah. There is, the, even within the jail leaders, we're seeing sort of a, a spectrum of badness. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is all sort of getting us to the calling card. Haru obviously wants to write it because of how personal this is to her. Uh, and then later at night, uh, we, we get a text from her to go talk. Um, and this is very unexpected to me. And I, this whole conversation rules. Like, it is, it is phenomenal. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, again, it is sort of in the same way that we saw in the past jails with An and Yusuke of giving them a moment to reflect on the emotional journey they've gone through. And she, um, one, she feels bad that she forgot about Hiyoto in her life. Um, she talks about sort of how she got so used to, like, hiding her feelings away after her father's death and, and running from the past and kind of, like, isolating those things that could hurt her, could reawaken parts of that, um, you know, that trauma for her uh, and and talks about how that's been a, a thing going on with her, but how she wants to move past that. She talks about, you know, an old story involving Hyoto where they were on a golfing trip when she was a kid and uh, Haru fell down and started crying. And Hyoto was like kind of stern with her, but it didn't bother Haru because she knew Hyoto was kind and that her being stern was her caring in that moment and, and knowing yeah. she needed to act that way. Uh, and so, Talks about how no matter how many times you fall, you can get back up. Uh, you can, you have to take a stand. You can't ignore the reality around you. And, and just kind of a really emotional coming to terms with both her grief, but also the extensions of what that grief has done to her kind of like wider emotional life. Yeah. And also, like, this is such an important thing because, A, it's the most emotional we've ever seen Haru get in either game. Yeah. Right? Like, she sounds like she's going to cry in a couple spots. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. usually Haru is a very very reserved character um so to see her open up like that is significant Absolutely. but also b this gives haru a moment that she never got in the base game which is a time to, a chance to actually grieve we just moved like, real quick <laughs> we moved so quick past that where she yeah. was kind of just like well he was my father but he was doing terrible things so like I have to get over this is kind of like how it happened. And instead you sort of get like moments with Haru talking about that, but she never really like has a moment to address it full on in the game. Yeah. And in this game, she's straight up calls out. She's like, I think when my dad died, I just sort of locked all of the memories about him in a box and put them away because they were too painful and now seeing her, Hyodo, has reopened that box. And, like, that is that is significant for the storytelling, for this character, for what it means in relation to her character in the first game. It is, like, such a big moment and so not what you're expecting from, like, a funsies road trip spinoff <laughs> game. You know what yeah. I mean? No, totally. It's it, The vibe of the game originally doesn't... Uh, I think indicate the emotional levels even before this. I think it is the most emotionally resonant, you know, 
of, of the three, I guess, characters who've been focused on. Yeah. But even those other ones, I don't think I would have expected. And so to see it continue to progress this way. And I think, yeah, as you said, to give her that moment that essentially the first game robs her of, and it's, you can argue about whether it's, bad or it works within the context of that game like all that aside i like the fact that she gets this time to actually think through it the fact that she's presented with all of this as something she needs to reckon with i think works really well here and i do think is yeah you know we're, we're talking about i think a lot of issues at least i'm having with the game in terms of some of the repetitiveness on the mechanical side but without a doubt the story and character stuff i think is really good i think it's doing a yeah. really good job of building on the first game and not just feeling like a repetition of the first game yeah, um, it's a it's a great moment. I'm very glad it happened. Me too. Uh, anyway, after that, of course, we get another of our uh, Sophia conversations about why is Haru upset? Um, yeah. And, and why she tries so hard for, you know, to care for someone else and all that sort of stuff. And we'll get more of her emotional beats as, as this goes on. Yes. Uh, anyway, August 12th, uh, Hiro is having a campaign rally, but calling cards are appearing everywhere, of course. Uh, and she freaks out in the palace and this is the first time we see shadow hiodo yeah but it's it's shrouded in shadow we just get the eyes but you can tell she doesn't look like hiodo uh there's a bit right. of a difference there and we'll get to that in a little bit i do want to point out um when this happened she is presented on screen as essentially mostly in like a black screen but her eyes are just like yellow eyes are just staring out with a faint outline of a face loki my dog hates on tv when a face is on screen and is just looking at you he does not like still images of faces on our tv okay and, like it, you know if you let netflix run too long and it goes to the like fading of like different tv shows and it, it like recommends things but it's just like key art yeah if the key art involves a person looking out at you he gets furious wow so anyway I I was reading through the dialogue and then all of a sudden I just hear from like the corner of our counters just low rumbles of a growl start to <laughs> like what's going on and then I see him staring dead eyed at Hiodo of just like I am going to murder whoever this is um, so he so Loki is an honorary phantom thief is what I'm saying makes um, sense anyway uh, we we get a little sense of this of, of sort of Hiodo and then of course we go in and we confront her and it's a very different Hyoto than the group is expecting and that I was expecting and that the theme kind of changes very quickly. And essentially Shadow be... Hyoto is a total glutton at a yeah. feast. Uh, she is at an ice table in her ice palace with a bunch of food laid out around her. Obviously the um, character model is a different one from the sort of Hyoto in the real world. They show her as, as a bit more fully, you know, um, she looks like Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Yes, and and the transformation seems to then go to, like, what if Ursula was just a face? Yeah. I actually do really love the design of the boss itself. This, like, weird tentacle monster with a giant stomach with a mouth is, like, like it's very, very odd in a very cool persona way. Yes, yeah. Um, And I will point out that the bird cages when you enter them say for a moment when you're given the prompt to click on them birdcage of and then one of the sins mm -hmm. alice's was lust uh ongo's was i believe vanity this one is gluttony it is following the same pattern of sins as the palaces in the first game did with those um so that is why this one is gluttony maybe there's 
a helicopter going over my house. It's very loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the other thing that I kind of tried to relate this food to was that it's related to Okumura, who ran a food company. Otherwise, I think this theme is insane uh, and extremely weirdly, like, off-putting in a very real way. It just um, comes out of nowhere. The only reference she makes to why it could make sense to her character is she says something about it being a dog-eat-dog world, and it's either eat or be eaten, I think is what she says. Um, It feels wildly out of character. I don't understand why she is a glutton. It doesn't have anything to do with, like, it's not like she's embezzling funds from the city. Like, it feels so weird that my wife was literally, who was watching was literally like, it feels like they changed this character at some point mid-development, or they changed the theme of the level at some point mid-development, and just, like, kept this part and didn't change it with the other stuff. Yeah, there's nothing other than, like we had said earlier, the utensils that you see in the background for, like, one cutscene. There's no rhyme or reason that it plays into it, at least in the other two, those sins play into their themes very well this just doesn't it's just so discordant and comes out of nowhere and i was just like what yeah it's also like neither of the other two palace rulers looked different right yeah or jail ruler monarchs and like it's it's worth pointing out that like this is pretty problematic in a straight in a weird way of like oh she's thin and pretty in the real world but then she's like a big fat monster who eats everything in the like sh- it's just like like that's like why are you doing that that's so offensive like yeah, it's really what the hell that, that that happens with a theme that also doesn't even tie into what was happening through all of it yeah like um, if, if the if the themes if her themes of her character had anything to do with food or eating or anything like that like maybe you have a leg like a little bit of a leg to stand on but even probably then it's still kind of offensive like yeah it's just just more of like so unnecessary at least i would have been able to track the thought process there but here it's just like yeah where did where did this and even the characters seem surprised which is the oddest part to me is that at least it happened even if it was a change in development obviously we don't know it was a change early enough that they could add the dialogue to make them surprised and i was just like what is ha- yeah, it, it's like you said the the persona villain that she turns into, like the monster, is it's an interesting design, especially when you yeah. fight it and she sort of the fight is her, you know, swallowing one of the party members at a time and you have to essentially knock them out of her. Like that all works, but yeah, it coming in as a theme, both on problematic and just like thought through line doesn't yeah for me. it it doesn't work on any on any axis basically yeah um and the boss fight itself is interesting until it goes slow-mo right like yeah. i think it's like a very fun boss in that like she'll turn red and you can knock down the chandeliers which will turn her back to ice and that kind of weakens her in the eating mechanic you said but then about halfway through the fight uh she causes a blizzard and then all of your motion movement is like like ungodly slow for the rest of the fight and i feel like if if the speed was maybe just a little bit faster i would be more into this gimmick but it is 
so slow. All your movement is so slow yeah. that it just kind of gets a little bit obnoxious after, by the end. No, it's it's a lot. It's also very amusingly, I, I should have known they were there for a reason, but I just immediately, because I was just pressing the buttons, I was like, I'm jumping on the chandeliers. And mm. I used them all very early in the fight and then didn't have them for later. Um, so oh, no. I, I ran into some fun problems there, but yeah, like as a fight, I think most of it is, is, is a good fight. Yeah. Um, and it uses the space. Well, I think the chandeliers for their stated purpose work well. I think that mechanic of her taking away a party member at a time works well, but yeah, just on a story level it's it, it, no, uh, anyway, you just, def- so, and then it goes like, this is the crazy thing is you beat her and conversation aside, right? Like. This theme is never brought up again. Yep. Yeah. She basically, <laughs> after you defeat her, is like, I wanted to wipe out all of Sephora's injustice. She's not even making, like, eating puns about it. Which No. I, like, the, her whole thing has been about cleaning. Yep. Like, make her a janitor. I, like, what? I don't get it. From mayor to janitor. Um, it, yeah, I mean, like, you have Ice Queen right there, though. Like, it's literally just such a big there- trope. It's just, it's remarkable. It is just such a remarkable, out of left field, unnecessary, offensive, strange thing to do, right? I don't, yeah. Anyway, you defeat her and uh, she talks about everything. It's that whole, you know, the wrap up sort of speech. And Haru talks to her um, discussing what we've now learned about sort of what uh, caused this progression for her to, uh, yeah. to sort of descend in the way she has. She Tells you to the... stand up. Yes, exactly. She uh, she knows all about the girl's death and how her staff betrayed her, um, and, and all these things. Uh, and and the the shadow version of her tries to make the argument that she would only be replaced by greedy scum, and that there would be you know someone worse if she wasn't there, staying in there. Again, right. the, the eater be eaten thing happens. I think in in this part is mentioned again, and that's about it. But. Yeah, Haru basically just tells her what she told Haru all those years ago, not to give up. Um, some people will stick by her. Like, if she's really a good person at her core and people know that, they will stick with her. She may have to climb back up a hill to a certain extent, uh, but she, if she's meant to do good, she will be able to do the good if she sticks to doing it, basically. Um, yeah. There's, so anyway, also a very, there's also a line that tickled me where Hyodo says... Haru, your father must be so happy for you in heaven. And I was like, I don't know about that. Uh, he didn't end up there. Let me tell you. No, I don't know. The the Christianity side of it, a part that we don't have time to get into for this world. Uh, probably not in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the day ends. We move to the 13th. Uh, we're at the park. We hear Hiyoto's having a conference. It's one of those... She's in, in a press conference room talking to all the microphones in the press. And, of course, she admits to kind of what happened. And it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a shock for people. She she spells it all out. She tells her side of the story, as Haru told her to do. Um, we see all of this fall out. And then, of course, well, it's like, well, what happens to her next? Luckily, Zenkichi calls. Uh, she'll be a key witness in helping figure all of this stuff out. He's, of course, her personal chauffeur. Uh, and so he can not only help us take a look at her phone, but can get us some alone time with her. Uh, so cut to her at the park where the girl died, uh, the spot before that we had, you know, been preceded. Uh, Haru approaches her. Hiyoto thanks Haru for helping her see the light. Um, she kind of apologizes. 
And again, here we got more about Haru's emotional, you know, journey. She apologizes for adding turmoil to Haru's life after a time where she must obviously be grieving about her father's death, a thing she didn't get to do. Um, yeah. So, you know, she talks about all this, but that she'll always be there for Haru. Uh, and then we kind of get a pickup from what's happened after the, the press conference. Uh, a woman appears, uh, you kind of assume it's the mom, and obviously it's revealed to be, but she's angry that Hyodo is resigning. Um, Ryuji right. wants to intervene at this point, but I think it's Makoto who's like, no, let's let's let this play out. Right. Um, the woman essentially is like, no, you don't get to run away, like become mayor again, do what's right, do the good work, and kind of as was hinted before, is like, if if she feels she can do good, there will be people who want her to do good. Some, you know, will back her. Some will be like, no, you owe us this. Um, and she and she speaks to her character, right? Where she's yes. like, you stayed with me the whole time that, like, I was grieving. And I know you are a good person. Exactly. So fight back and do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, again, Sophia is confused about all this. Um, knows it's sad. But it feels warm and kind. What is yeah. this feeling? Tell me, Joker. Sophia unlocked happiness. Yay! Bing. I wish they. I wish she had in-game achievements that would like appear on screen. <laughs> yeah. That would be really funny uh, for each new emotion. Anyway, you also then after this is all over, why why don't we ride the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Well, real quick on on this Yoda thing, I also do want to say I yes. think it's interesting because you don't really get a moment like this with any monarch or jail leader this extensively yeah. right where you actually know this person really well and you have a reconciliation that is very very positive rather yes. than being like horribly traumatic right absolutely it's um emotional yeah on a yeah like it's, a resonant level that's... yeah and then the ferris wheel comes out of nowhere you get a date there's dating in this game kind of but not really so that was my thing was like i know i have who i dated in the first game obviously this game doesn't care about that um i know it's sort of a date but after everything we went through i took haru on the ferris wheel because i'm not a soulless mm. monster and after turning her down on her birthday in the last game you know i felt like maybe i owed her <laughs> um to me, it just seemed like wrong not to, after everything we'd gone through, go That's on the nice. Ferris wheel with Haru. Well, who did you? Was it the yellow gondola? I, no, I said it. It wasn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. Well, want to I, I took Haru because she's my girlfriend, even mm-hmm. though we haven't mentioned that in a month. Yes. Uh, but she still is. The first time I did it, I took the person I had been dating in Persona 5 Royal, and then I also saved beforehand and reloaded and did it with Ryuji and Yusuke. Nice. Just because I wanted to do it with Ryuji and Yusuke to That's see fair. what would happen. Do you Wait, do you do it with them together? or? Yeah. Oh, cute. Okay. I think you take Sophia, too. I think you pull out Sophia on your phone. Oh, it's like a, really it's a group trip. Um, yeah, I just felt like it was the right thing to do to take Haru after everything she'd been through. Um, yeah, that makes sense. If there's another but date, I, I'll take Makoto. I think this is a funny solution in this game, right? Where it's like, there's not dating, there's not social links, but there's a moment to just be like, hey, pick a friend and go onto a romantic Ferris wheel ride with them. It's like, it's cute that they make room for that, right? Even if it's not a a formal mechanic. Yeah, it it, it falls in line with the other sort of like moments that we've gotten. This one is just like the thing you need to do. Yeah. Um, Anyway, after all that, we it's sort of the big debrief and, and kind of sets yeah. us up for where we're going next. Um, and this conversation is significant. It is. And I know we're running a little long, so I want to get through all the info and then we can chat about it. But basically uh, nothing new from Hyoto when it comes to details about what's going on. Um, Zenkichi is, is here. He gives us her phone. Um, 
just the same deal, basically. Same Emma, same someone watching it. Yeah, someone watching, but nothing else really knew about it. What we're getting the sense of, though, here is that they're not the same as palace rulers. Uh, the monarchs right. don't have twisted enough wills to create treasures. And now that we've seen this enough times, we kind of get to the idea that we don't think they're creating the jails. And yeah, I, Morgana, Morgana comes up with the theory, right, that lays out a couple things saying none of the monarchs are truly evil in the way that any of the jail rulers were. So there has to be somebody else behind this. And the two pieces of evidence, you can go ahead, I think, if you were going to say something. But I, I was just going to go into the, yeah, it was going to be about the bird cages. Yeah, the, the, two piece, the two pieces of evidence that Morgana brings up that are, like, significant in my eyes, right, are because there's no treasure, it means their desires weren't twisted enough to actually, like, make a jail because that's what happened in Persona 5 was the desires would twist that would distort reality around them. But if their desires weren't twisted enough to turn into a treasure, then they weren't twisted enough to create a palace, which means they weren't twisted enough to create a jail, which means they didn't create the jail. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the second aspect of it is, is that we always see them in bird cages. And originally we thought it was a like sort of security thing of protecting them from anyone who would want to hurt them outside. But we sort of question why these doors exist. And maybe it's in fact, that the monarchs are being kept in them rather than the right. cages protecting them. Um, yeah. So essentially they're trapped is what we're that, That's the second big revelation is the, the trauma is the lock because then if the monarch tries to leave, they'll touch this wall and they'll see their most traumatic memory, exactly. which is super messed up. And then yeah. they won't want to leave, which is another huge kind of revelation of like, they didn't create the jails and they're actually being held there against their will. Yeah. And it totally makes sense. Cause it is like, yeah, if you wanted to leave, why would you want the easy way to leave to be to re experience your traumatic events? So, right. Yeah. It, it really follows through here on, I think some stuff that you could kind of get a sense of, and I think especially in this jail in particular, I was starting to get a sense of like, something feels different here and them sure. laying it out really, I think brings it all together. So they've, they've kind of got the sense of that overarching idea that we had already that ties into the fact that the jails still exist after, you know, we defeat the monarch. It's not related right. to them so specifically. So, you know, that even then creates the shadows that are protecting the keys. It makes them a little bit more sinister and almost makes them sort of the, the villains that we don't know too much about. Um, one of them mentions. Um, so we're kind of at this point where it's like, we assume Medice would be the most likely culprit, um, but we can't just storm their HQ because we don't have physical evidence. Like Zenkichi can't create a, a search warrant basically because all of this is in another dimension right um so anyway they, t- <laughs> they talk about all that and then ichinose calls for some other information uh no major differences that they found between you know emma originally and earlier but then they took uh took a look at the change log and noticed that emma was transported at one point to okinawa medice apparently has a research lab there that they keep quiet uh we tell everyone about this but essentially they have a secret research lab um and if i may their first response about the research lab in Okinawa is how amazing an opportunity it will be to see the sights and food of Okinawa. That is the first (laughs) reaction. And literally all of them say something. It's like everyone has a thing to talk about. Yeah. I think I wrote them down because, or I took a picture. Uh, An says crystal clear waters. Haru says Shisa statues. Futaba says juicy pineapples. And Yusuke says Chinsuko cookies. 
and then you're given an opportunity to say your own thing. But I love that that's just like, this is a dire situation, people, and you're you're excited about pineapples and cookies? We found out there is a secret lab that is probably, you know, a key to unlocking everything, and then hashtag ad appears on screen, and they <laughs> chat about everything great about Okinawa. It's just really fun. I... I, I'm I hear you it. can get cheap rooms there, too. Oh, <laughs> interesting. But unfortunately, Okinawa is uh, pretty far. Yes. So we'll get to that in a second. Zenkichi gets a call that he's kind of like hush-hush about. He doesn't like to say too much. Uh, well, Zenkichi first is like, Okinawa is so far, we got to fly probably. Yes. Right? But we can't uh, fly. Yeah. And then he gets this call. Yeah. And we essentially have to go by car. Yeah. Uh, but he wants to stop in Kyoto because that's where his, you know work is he can he can sort of debrief get a little bit of uh you know yeah setting the and stage the, figuring out things the call the call was him arguing with someone right this is like all very suspect right because yes. it's a girl who's like him arguing with someone about how he has work to do and then he gets hung up on and then immediately he's like all right we're going there and we gotta stop by kyoto and uh i'm driving and yep. everyone's like wait that was a quick switch yeah it, it happens very drastically and he's gonna be along for the ride essentially for me because it's really funny this the Sapporo uh Sapporo sort of like date and objective to me as i said earlier i thought was gonna be the end of the game so now we sort of get the next few legs of the game laid out here where he's like we're gonna stop in kyoto which i'm like okay of course there'll be a, a jail there uh then we go to kobe um kobe which will of course probably have a jail there and then we have to take a ferry <laughs> Uh, over to Okinawa. So he's going to come with us. We need to take the expressway, which is a 21-hour trip. Yeah. Uh, And one other thing I love about here is that he's like, wait, Makoto, you've been driving the whole time? And he's like, Haru, (laughs) what the hell? Come on, you need to drive Shame Haru briefly. Yeah. It's like, she's been through some stuff, man. Give her a break. But um, yeah, they basically decide the next few legs of the trip. Yeah, and to, to quickly uh, lay out where on the map, not distances, but where on the map this is, we talked about how uh, Sapporo is way up north, right? Uh, imagine, this is a bad description, but imagine um, Japan as kind of a backwards L, if you will, where the L is sort of like slanted a little bit down. down. Um, Tokyo, this is rough. Sapporo's at the top of the L, Tokyo is kind of at the like the 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 point where it curves, it changes direction. Mm-hmm. Kyoto is a ways to the left of that, kind of south. It's southwest of it, um, and then uh, where they're going, Okinawa. Okinawa. Excuse me, yeah. Okinawa is an island way further south. Like it is way, way, way further south. Um, so they are going to have to either fly or uh, take a boat. And so they're going all the way down past where they already were in Tokyo to go to Kyoto. And then they're going to go to the coast and take a boat all the way down to Okinawa. So, like, they are going pretty much from one extreme of Japan all the way to the other end of Japan. Yeah, I just took a, a look at the map. I, I cannot recommend enough that you go look at a map of Japan to see this arc because, oh boy, is it wild. It is it is pretty much the farthest trip they could possibly go on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not literally, literally, but like in terms of like big Japanese landmarks and cities, it is pretty much from the largest major city to the other largest major or to like from end to end. Yeah, it is a it's just the entire country. They're just going through the entire country. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot left for us to get into, I assume. I don't know. But uh, a big week in terms of, I think, hinting at the larger uh, machinations of whoever, uh, if it's Tony Stark himself or someone else, uh, is behind all this. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have to leave that all for, for the weeks to come. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Tom, before we, we wrap up, what is your pop quiz question for this week? All righty. Uh, I have one. Where did it go? Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. So here's the question. You have a request to get the king of all ramen. Uh, You have to go get a meal ticket. The meal tickets are sold at the pharmacy for some reason. The pharmacy guy doesn't want to sell them because the ramen maker's elbow is bad and could blow out at any moment from making too much ramen. Mm -hmm. So that's unsolvable unless, of course, he had a compression sleeve. But there's nowhere you could get a compression sleeve that would be made from the perfect material, except the metaverse. So you go in to complete this request to kill Mothman. I'm gonna get really specific with this request or this quiz because it's gonna be a hard one this week. I don't know if anybody's gonna get it. We'll see. Um, the request is to kill Mothman in the Sapporo jail to get some material to give to this person to make a compression sleeve because it's the perfect material to make a compression sleeve out of and can only be harvested apparently from Mothman in the Sapporo jail. This is not an item. It doesn't say it anywhere. But if you read the request, because you read the full paragraph for every single request, correct? I'm I'm looking through to see if I have any notes. But If you read the request, there is a capitalized kind of like it was an item at one point but then it didn't become an actual item thing that you are getting as the material for this compression sleeve if you can tell me in vague terms what that is that is a great answer if you can tell me specifically what that two word item is that's even better that's the quiz what are they getting from mothman in the metaverse to make a compression sleeve for the ramen man well I'll let you all uh, figure that and, one out. And you thought corn was weird. <laughs> Can you do another corn quiz? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'll see if anyone gets that because I don't have anything written down. So we'll see if anyone out there does. If you do have an answer, you can write in to Dornology at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the YouTube version of the show at youtube.com slash Dornology. Or you can write in on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush and Tom is at Tom R. Marks. Uh, again, if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to uh, leave a review or the stars or the thumbs or the subscribe buttons or whatever, uh, as we always appreciate it. And especially as we get closer and closer to P5 Royal coming out on other platforms. Happy to And uh, don't forget to read those request descriptions. Yes. Apparently, don't forget to read. Everything. That's partly why I'm doing this, because there's some fun stuff in there. And I feel like I click through it way too quickly That's sometimes. That's very fair. Um, well, I'm excited to see if anyone gets it, but whether or not you do, let us know also what you thought of the jail this week, uh, what you thought of the story and everything. We'll read some comments on next week's, next week's show, but that is going to pretty much do it for us on this week's episode. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. And as always, corn. Bye.